Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. Welcome back to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I am Pia Larson, your host. Today, I have the privilege of talking to Jennifer Harris. She's the founder and consultant of Look Within HR Consulting, and we'll talk about that name in our interview. She's super passionate about guiding business owners like yourselves, leaders, and individuals to achieve their goals through people-oriented consulting and HR uh, coaching. She used to work in corporate as an HR partner, but then she pivoted to open her own business, which we'll also talk about. And she's recently certified in Myers-Briggs testing and diagnostics. (laughs) And she'll talk about that in the interview as well. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Nice to have you. Hi, Pia. Thank you. Yeah. So you've been in HR for a while. For our audience who doesn't, who aren't familiar with you, can you tell them a little bit about where you were and why did you start your own company on in HR consulting? Sure. So um, I have, gosh, over 20 years of experience in HR management now. And um, about kind of the year 15, um, I had been working in uh, large corporate environments for, for, like I said, about 15 years and doing HR. And I realized that I actually, I am passionate about HR, which in itself is unique, but I wanted to do it in a different way. I wanted to challenge myself to try it in a different venue with different types of clients and different types of problems. And so um, it was time for me to take a step back from the big corporate life that I lived for so long. And um, I took a little bit of time to figure out how I wanted that to look from an HR perspective. And where I landed was small businesses don't oftentimes have the opportunity to work with a strategic HR partner. Most of the time, they don't even have an HR partner, much less somebody who has it from more of a holistic, higher level, looking at their people, their culture, their organizational design, all of those. So that's when I decided to start consulting specifically for professional small businesses that don't have a need to have their HR person on staff all the time, but that knows their leadership style, knows their culture, knows their business goals. And then I can jump in on people and organizational related projects, issues, needs, et cetera. And so that has been a niche that's really worked because small businesses, like I said, they just, it's not, it's something they either think they can just do on their own or they don't even know where to go for the, for the questions that they have. Yeah. So they can work with you one-on-one just for, you know, a, a little bit or put you on retainer, right? That's exactly right. Some people yeah. um, I hear from, you know, twice a year and then other people I talk to almost daily. Yeah. And they're getting the benefit of someone who's been in corporate and has probably seen it all. But then you have a unique perspective as a small business owner yourself and the challenges that go with that. Right. So 
as a small business owner myself and mm-hmm. those listening, what are some of the, I'm sure there's many, but what are today, what are some of the things that you see, the biggest issues that you see that you help businesses tackle with their staff, culture, whatever it might be? Yeah. Well, it's like, where do I start? Right. So yeah. um, I would say that right now, the hot topic is really having an efficient, productive workforce, no matter what size, no matter where they're working. So mm. it's the whole transition. And I think, sorry, the whole transition of going to having a flexible work environment where you have hybrid modes of where sometimes they're working in the office, sometimes you're working at home, or there's the offices, as you know, in the, in the last year and a half, as we, as we have experienced the pandemic, where they've gone completely virtual from one day being in the office to one day being at home, um, and then somewhere in between. And so that is, I would say, one of the biggest hot topics across HR right now is how do these businesses bend and flex to do what's right, to keep their employees safe, to keep their company culture, to keep productive, um, and also still ensure that they're holding everyone accountable and that they're achieving their business goals. So it looks very different for everybody. And, you know, whether it's just looking at schedule changes, whether it's technology, access to technology, there's a, a variety of things there. If I could just jump to another one, the other hot topic that I would say is hiring talent. So mm. there has been just a, a flood of changes in the last 18 months, um, also due to the pandemic. But what has happened in the most recent months is that we've had a flood of candidates and a flood of job openings, but finding the, the right connections and the right matches for those two has been a challenge, both just from uh, looking at the jobs that need to actually be filled, as well as making sure you know, you're finding the right candidates and uh, that the candidates are showing up in a way that makes them marketable. So you're saying that there's really not a labor shortage. It's just a problem with matching people to the right jobs. I don't think it's that black and white, to be honest with you. Um, What's happened, though, is, is that businesses need staff. So a lot of them downsized. A lot of them had to change their models in the last 18 months. And then now, as we will not say things are returning to normal because they are not, but mm-hmm. in this new world, the staffing models within businesses are changing and I, they yeah. look different. From a candidate perspective, there's a lot of candidates out there because they lost their jobs or they. a lot of people have made a choice to change their job or change their mm-hmm. career during this time. And so it's not necessarily a one-to-one matchup, but it's it's kind of two distinct issues. It's It's finding the right staff to fill your jobs as a business. And then there's the candidate side of representing yourself and going out into the market to find the right job for them. And, and that, that kind of just presents a variety of different issues to tackle in the workplace. So if you don't mind, I'd like to touch on the one side of it, which is attracting the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk with our clients, we encourage them to uh, look at hiring as part of their marketing. Uh, they're marketing not only to attract new people and team members, but also how are they, how are they being perceived in the market? You know, people are like, oh, if I say I'm hiring, do people think that I'm short staffed? No, you're growing, you're successful, mm-hmm. you're, you know, expanding. So it's just kind of a mindset and how to look at it. But it's also 
being more authentic and asking your team to communicate, you know, what is it like to work for my business and how can I leverage that to attract more like people that are already on my staff? Do you help your clients with that? And can you give us some tips on how to do that better? Yeah, let's see if um if I can break that down a little for you. So number one, it sounds to me you're touching a little bit on internal company culture, which then mm-hmm. translates into how are you showing up out in the marketplace, right? Yep. So first and foremost, my clients that have had the most success in terms of hiring candidates that really show up representing externally the company culture and what's best about the company are people that we hire based on their alignment with our core values and our company culture. So Mm -hmm. being really clear about core values, and I know from a marketing standpoint, you you also believe in that and and preach that, right? So, but being really clear about those core values, and it's not just about what you do, it's about how you do it. And that shows up internally, which then again, emulates externally. And so, so it starts with the hiring process and really being clear about finding people that can't just necessarily do the job, but also people that are in alignment and believe in the same things that your business does, right? They believe in that goal and that mission that you're trying to achieve. Once they're in and are on staff, it's about understanding that you're always representing the company, no matter where you are, no matter how you're showing up. And so you know, from a, a mar- I'm, I'm obviously not a marketing person, but from, from a marketing standpoint is ensuring that everybody on staff, regardless of the size of company, is that they understand what the message is externally, right? And that they are living the brand um, mm. day in and day out. And that's how they do their work internally. And it's also how they work with clients or, or partners externally. So you, you had asked me for some tips and tricks. Tell me more about what your question is there. And let me see if I can provide a few. Well, I think essentially I'm saying that companies are missing the opportunity to market their business and get mm-hmm. more visible with prospects using their hiring process. Like, cause maybe it's unique or maybe working for the company, um, they're not highlighting what's so special about it. You know, do they have a special way, co- company culture or, you know, what makes it special to work for them? Yeah. So how do we communicate that? I guess is what I'm asking. Yes. So I think that's just creating, number one, a a really open, clear partnership between whoever is doing the marketing and whoever's doing the hiring. So the hiring Mm -hmm. may be an HR person, it may be a recruiter, but it also might just be a manager or a business owner, right? In my case, Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's um, they're small businesses. So it's just first and foremost is, is having that connection so that whoever is focusing on marketing, that they're not just looking at it from a siloed perspective, that they're really out there in tech, we use the word evangelizing, right? So that they're Mm -hmm. evangelizing to, to everybody on staff. So you're living and breathing that marketing message, that branding. And I, you know, you actually already said the tip, which is it should absolutely be integrated into whatever hiring process you have. So the marketing the branding, how you want to be perceived, you know, what's important and unique about your business should absolutely be filtered into every aspect of your hiring process, whether it's the interviewers or whether it's in your job description or your posting that's out there. However, you're representing yourself at networking events, all of those things, it should be filtered into every aspect of that. 
That's great. Yeah. And because you're, you're marketing, you're showing up for your prospects, but also for potential hires. Um, but you touched on something that's interesting. So in today's world, everyone's on social media mm -hmm. and not everyone behaves as if their mother was in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and there seems to be a trend of, you know, people behaving badly off the clock and getting called on the carpet for it. So I don't know if you have an answer to this, but I'm just curious, you know, since the lines are so, they're so melted, right? They just, mm -hmm. you know, private life and public life and, and how you act at work versus off work. You know, you can't really tell people what to do, but mm -hmm. how do you, you know, how do you work with a company that says, Hey, I have this, this staff member that's, you know, creating TikToks about our process and it's not very, you know, it doesn't meet my vision. <laughs> yeah. Well, not to get too into the weeds of the boring HR side of my life, but I will say that there is some very specific language that I use that I put in employee handbooks around mm. social media policy and how, and how employees are expected to represent themselves or at a minimum identify themselves when they are on social media and they are employed by, you know, whatever business. So number one is having some form of written policy around the expectations is important. Um, yeah. And so that's the first thing. The second thing is just because we are, we've been talking about hiring a lot, everybody should know that it's, it's out there and, and people, and if businesses are looking at it, so if it's yeah. out there, you should expect it to be something that your employer or potential employer could see and will factor in. I I have been a part of hiring processes where we have specifically made decisions based on some of the content that these people have put out there. So, you know, you have to you have to factor that in. So I guess I'll I'll leave it at that. It's a it's a sensitive topic and it's it's coming up more and more. I think the the guidance that I probably would say is just if you're putting something out there that is specifically if it's regarding like a political view or a business view, you really need to articulate that it's also in that post that this is not a reflection of the company. You're it's a personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that we, I mean, that could be a whole podcast episode it right there. It could be a whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the takeaway is that you should really have it in writing. So there's no mm -hmm. cross lines on expectations. Um, yes. and, and part of that too is, is having that discussion when you're onboarding. Let's talk about onboarding a little bit. So what are some mistakes that you see when small businesses onboard new staff? Oh, Pia. <laughs> you love these questions, huh? I, well, yes, I do love this question, actually, mm -hmm. because there's a lot of hiring going on, like I said. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about just, oh, we found the right candidate, can't wait for them to start. And then they start and you let them loose, right? The, the hiring process does not end when an employee starts, right? In fact, the most important critical time starts when the employee the first, I would say probably the first 60 to 90 days is when the employee begins their time with the company. So maybe I'll just turn around and say not necessarily the mistakes that employers make, but maybe just in some of the ways that I encourage employers to help onboard them. Number one is have a plan. That's just critical. And one of the things that we all know is that we are busy all the time and we have so much to do and we're always running around like crazy, right? 
Well, when a new employee starts, regardless of their position, they don't have a ton of stuff to do and their schedule is not packed. And they mm-hmm. yet they just told you how much they're going to make a difference and how great of an employee they're going to be. So keeping in mind that um, helping schedule and plan out that first particular, my preference is the first week, but if even if it can be the first couple days to have meetings set on their calendar, built in time for either reading materials, training, whatever, setting up key one-to-ones with preferably internal uh, partners, colleagues, that sort of thing, you know, probably want to wait to, to put them externally till they're a little more ramped up. But scheduling in some things to help set them up for success so they know where they need to spend their time and focus is really important. And, you know, in some cases, if it's a larger company, they'll have all the, uh, you know, kind of the traditional HR personnel type setup stuff on that first day. But it's really more about thinking about what does this employee need to be focused on in those first couple days. The other thing that's really important is that the manager spends time. So my guidance there is to make sure that the manager um, or whoever is supervising the, the new hire sets up time literally every day, at least an hour to meet one-to-one with that employee. Because again, mm-hmm. they're kind of off and not knowing, even if it's just shadowing them or, you know, whatever the situation, it's hard when we don't have a specific industry that we're focusing on. So I would just say that's another thing. Managers forget, oh, I actually have to set aside time on my calendar. And then there's always the little things too. you know, put a plant on their desk, have a a sign that everybody signs saying welcome. Those little things actually go a long way, whatever it does to represent the culture, right? We talked a lot about culture earlier and that represents. So there's some places where that stuff just wouldn't fly, right? It's too serious. We're too down to business, but figure out what works to help the employee get acclimated quicker and kind of understand how things go. That's awesome. So shifting from staff to leadership. So, (laughs) you know, you've started this business, you have an idea of how it's going to grow and how it's going to function. And now you have staff and things are falling apart. One of the things that you do and help people with are um, taking, not personality tests, really, what do you call it? It's Myers-Briggs, which people think it's a personality test, but what exactly is it? It's an assessment. Yeah. So I am a certified facilitator for the Myers-Briggs personality assessment. That is a tool that we, or I, I should say, that I use to help individuals, whether they be in, everybody's in some form of leadership role, right? Mm -hmm. Um, To help them understand what their preferences are in terms of we have to utilize all types of preferences in our daily lives, but there's some that we just navigate towards more naturally. And so it helps identify which preferences we have, and then also which areas that we maybe need to focus on more, develop more, or um, enable ourselves to to at least be aware aware when we're not operating in our kind of natural preference areas. So that parlays into working with leaders because, you know, you do, you do uh, comment on entrepreneurs and business owners. So you get into, most people get into owning a business because there's a specific area that they love or they're passionate about. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the work that they do extremely well. What they might not do as well, or they have to kind of stretch themselves as all the other areas of running a business, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when we sometimes either get stuck in the weeds, because we really want to be focused on that one reason for why we started the business. 
or we have expanded really quickly, uh, maybe from a hiring perspective, or we don't have structure and processes in place. So the Myers-Briggs personality assessment is one tool that I use among others to help individuals and leaders understand, again, where their preferences are, and then also identifying, oh, maybe I need to do things differently because these are my preferences. Or Mm. the other piece is I use it very frequently in more of a team setting for team effectiveness work, which is Mm -hmm. how as a team can we understand ourselves and our work preferences more? And then also, how can we as a team understand our coworkers so that we can communicate better? We can identify when we're in stressful situations, how we may function differently, because we all know that when we go to our place of stress, we are different, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, um, we're animals. <laughs> so we, some people, right? And then some people also <laughs> just go, they withdraw and they go internal and, and mm-hmm. it's just, there's nothing. So there's a variety of different ways. And so having that awareness and having open conversations and then also um, Myers-Biggs for, for me anyways, creates a, a common language that everyone uses. Mm-hmm. So we can say, oh, I noticed that you are you know, you're judging. And so this is a place or not judging, but you have a preference for judging, which is one of the descriptors. And so this is where you must be checking off your boxes, right? Or you mm-hmm. have a, you might feel like you need to do this. So I, I feel like those things all combined really um, help teams be more effective and help leaders show up differently as well. Yeah, I think I, I applaud the businesses that are embracing that yeah. assessment. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot because they're not, you know, typically when I was in corporate, it was like, well, you do it my way or the, the highway. Like, right. you know, this is how we do things here. Figure it out, fit in. Don't color outside the lines was my favorite. Right. As entrepreneurs, that's always tough for us, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I love that leaders are taking these assessments and really getting in touch with their communication styles and their preferences, and then also giving the tool to their teams. Right. Um, Cause that could, that could uh, solve a lot of problems in communication. So it absolutely does. Can you tell us a little bit um, the backstory of how you named your your business, Jennifer? <laughs> oh goodness! Look within. There's, what does that mean? There's, there's a long. There's a, it's it's a long and a short story. But what it means? Let's jump to that. What it means is we all need to take the space and the time to look within ourselves, but mm-hmm. also to look within our organizations, our businesses, our teams, our processes our structures to see if they're operating the best that they can, if they're as efficient that they can. Are we doing, are we focusing on the right things? Are we doing the right things? And so that is where the purpose of the name for Look Within HR comes from. The backstory though is a little bit different. So as I mentioned earlier, I was in corporate for a long time and that was really hard for me to separate myself from that environment because that's what I knew and that's what I grew up in from an HR perspective. And so when I did that, I had a lot of internal awareness that I had created. And um, and so I actually I do have, I have no problems around this. So I have a tattoo on my arm. Pia, you've seen this before. It's mm-hmm. in Irish and it actually says Feoclistig, which is in Irish, it uh, says look within. And um, at the time, that had nothing to do with my business whatsoever. It was about trusting your gut, 
Mm. Um, and knowing that your intuition will almost all the time lead you in the right direction. So that's really what that means to me personally. A few years later, and this is a story for another day, but a few years later, my husband and I were having a conversation when, when we were on vacation. And I said, it's really, really important to me that I choose a name that has a lot of meaning for my business. And so he says, well, have you looked at your wrist? And, <laughs> and my, my response was, I literally looked at my wrist, by the way. And my response was, I can't name my business that. And it was because what if my business was not successful? What if mm. I failed? And this has, you know, this tattoo for me has so much internal meaning. And, mm. and he looked at me and he said, well, what if you succeed? Oh, and it just flips awesome. everything on its head for me. And um, so the next morning I went to him and I said, my business is look within HR. And so I almost forget that because the tattoo has such, again, personal meaning, I forget mm-hmm. sometimes that they are even the same words. The business has been successful. So um, it has. Yeah. So that's been great. Yeah. So I love that story in so many ways because we, as small business owners and entrepreneurs, sometimes we feel like, oh, well, if we just ignore it or if we just kind of look outward for solutions or shiny object solutions that, you know, the the problems will go away. But really using your intuition and looking within Mm -hmm. and figuring out, well, how do we function or how does our business function and how can we improve it? That's all we needed. And, and, and having the faith that, that it'll succeed with Jennifer's help. So if people want to get a hold of you or to work with you, where can they find you? So um, my website is lookwithinhr.com. And then I'm also on LinkedIn under Jennifer McKibben Harris. You can look for me there. And I do just to share, um, you know, not everybody knows if they need an HR partner. So I always offer a complimentary 30 minute session just to talk through what's going on. So I'm happy for anyone to reach out. Just ping me through my website and um, be happy to, to talk with you. Yeah. And there's you might think, oh, I don't need HR, but there's so many facets of what you do to help uh, help us businesses. So thank you for joining us on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, it's been interesting. Fun. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. And by the way, you can also email me because I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you want to chat about. Thanks again for listening.